The Nuffield Department of Medicine has teamed up with Science Oxford Live for their healthy season. Professor Stefan Knapp tells us how new drugs are made and about the role of the pharmaceutical industry in the development of novel medicines. Stefan's going to uh, start us off by describing a little bit how we discover new drugs and how we used to discover new drugs. Would that be? Yes. Is that fair? Okay. So, Stefan. So, this is just a, a couple of slides that to stimulate the discussion. So, there are, there are different aspects. One is uh, what I want to talk about is um, how we used to make drugs in the past, how that changed uh, during the last 50, 100 years. Uh, and then there are some economical aspects as well. So, why is drug discovery getting so expensive? Uh, how is drug discovery sustainable? And how do we develop new medicine in the future. So of course uh, you may notice but um, the, I wouldn't say that um, drug discovery is awfully uh, successful when it comes to the economy of drug discovery. So what you see here in this slide is the cost of a new uh, medical entity, that means a new chemical or a new drug that enters the market. And what you see here is that uh, in the 50s, uh, billions didn't exist as a number, uh, I think, so uh, everything was much cheaper during that time. But um, if, if you see suddenly in the 70s and 90s, the, truck, uh, the cost per truck increases exponentially and nowadays we are estimating one to one and a half billion for a new medicine to be developed. And uh, this is of course uh, raising the questions if uh, we can continue doing this and how we will develop now uh, new medicine for new applications in the future. And then uh, on the other side, uh, you see the costs are going up, but uh, the new, uh, well, newly developed medicine is going down. That means uh, the, our ability to make new drugs, uh, we somehow lost this in the 70s. And I thought I, I give you a little bit historical background on how we did develop inhibitors and drug molecules in the 50s and 60s and how we are doing it nowadays. So, and of course you know that the, the result of this is that we have new medicines but um, the NHS is not necessarily likely to pay for it and there was a lot of discussion going on for instance for this drug uh, which is used in breast cancer and almost every day you see in the news that uh, there is an economic problem uh, of new medicine coming out. Uh, patients are refused to get treated with new medicine. And in fact, in, in the cancer area, where I have a particular focus on, um, the last five new medicines that have been developed are not reimbursed uh, by the NHS. So that poses the question how we, uh, how we deal with this. Uh, in the future and who will, who will benefit of, um, of new medicines. So if, if you go back around 100 years, uh, uh, almost up to the 60s, uh, all trucks have been developed mainly based on natural products and almost exclusively based on phenotypic assays. That means we used an animal or um, and try to study what happens if you expose this animal to, to a certain uh, chemical. And 
There were a lot of accidental findings. Um, and you see some of the drugs uh, that have been uh, uh, developed more than 100 years ago, like aspirin, you still sell, been successful. Others didn't really be so successful as a drug, but uh, still well known. So um, we have used natural products uh, to, to develop drugs on, on a whole body system. Um, just go a little bit into the history of, of cancer therapeutics. I thought I, I show you uh, like the last hundred years, just in two slides. So the, the concept of using drugs for treating cancer is, is about hundred years old. And uh, the first 30 years of this development was about developing models that we, are, we can use to study um, for instance, a cancer in animals. So that means how to transplant cancers into animals and how we, how we use to, uh, these animals to find if, um, if a new medicine work. And some accidental finding, for instance, uh, nitrogen mustards uh, have been accidentally found because of a spill of uh, during World War II of these very aggressive chemicals uh, in, in a harbor in southern Italy where uh, two people had large lymphoma and suddenly it regressed. So it was an accidental observation that led to, to development of new medicine. And then uh, here we, we have the first medicine that we probably have nowadays, mostly still in, in the clinic. Again, all based on large screens on, on whole animals. So in the 70s, we suddenly learned how to culture animal cells and how to establish cellular systems that allow us to move away from a whole uh, uh, animal approach and uh, use this for discovery uh, of medicine. Then finally, in about 10 years ago, we sequenced the entire genome of, of the human being and that allowed us to look now uh, into the mechanisms and details, what's going on in the cells and uh, which uh, targets we can choose. And then uh, we continued sequencing and uh, sequence whole cancer genomes. And now suddenly we realize if uh, somebody has a certain cancer, it is uh, uh, that this is uh, very different from uh, a large array of similar uh, cancers that you have. For instance, there's, there's probably 20 different subtypes of breast cancer and only one medicine is effective for it. So we, we learned about the diversity of the genetic aspects of medicine and we, we started to select rationally um, targets. And this made it uh, very complex and very expensive. So we learned why, for instance, uh, an organism uh, develops cancer. There are many mechanisms in, in the cell that needs to change to, to uh, acquire the ability of a cell to grow independently. Uh, and uh, we developed these very complicated networks and try to rationalize the disease and then finally decide uh, this is maybe a good target so we isolate this. We study how medicine or drugs bind to it and then uh, study this and go back to the organism. So conceptually we, had a, we have now a very very different approach of uh, developing medicine uh, and, um, and also economy. 
you see the, uh, this is, for instance, all the mutations you find in, in, in one chromosome in breast and colorectal cancer. And you see there are a lot of little peaks, so big ones. That means uh, this is a very heterogeneous disease and there are many different ways uh, of uh, a cancer to develop. And that means that instead of making one drug for a certain cancer, we suddenly have a disease we, we know that this disease is uh, diverse. We, we, we dissect it into many different uh, subclasses of diseases and, uh, and develop now drugs instead of targeting this one, we develop drugs targeting one small subtypes. And this is also why the economy of drug discovery is so difficult. So instead of targeting now generally by a cytostatic, uh, something like a breast cancer or colon cancer, we need to look at only 5% of the patients and try to develop a drug for those. Since the costs are going up quite dramatically, um, we, we need to find better ways or better model to uh, sustain uh, drug discovery. So is it worthwhile doing this? So I just show one slide now in the end. Uh, this is a very rare type of cancer, uh, which, is, um, which has a genetic uh, reason called BCR-ABLE. It's, it's a leukemia. And if you look at the, uh, the overall survival at classical chemotherapy, you see this curve drops quite steeply. It's the number of months. And uh, so when we develop new mm. medicine, we see that these drugs are getting really more and more efficacious. So we understand now why we developed this cancer. We can specifically target it rather than generally target it with something that kills all growing cells. And this is highly successful. So the development of this drug for about two or three percent of this type of leukemia revolutionized uh, the treatment of this disease and uh, that we can now cure. Uh, something that has not been considered possible uh, a decade or two decades ago. So the, the issues that want to rise is uh, how, how we can do this. Uh, so drug companies will continue to try to be uh, economically viable. That means they need a new business model and they currently focus only on the major <coughs> disease areas. So large patient populations where uh, everybody can benefit from the drug rather than small ones. Then, um, and all this research is done secretly, and this is something Chess will talk about. So uh, can we justify the costs of uh, not sharing information about drug discovery uh, for economical purposes, considering how expensive our, our medicine is getting? And then uh, there are also ethical issues. If we do this, uh, is uh, parallel testing in patients something that is uh, justifiable? Or do we need a new model for, for discovering drugs? And then, of course, from our point of view, we are academic labs. So what is the role of academic science in drug discovery? So in the UK, the the money spent from, uh, on academic research is much larger than the private sector. So there is an opportunity of academic science to maybe contribute much more to this effort.